Hey, Ms. Bahawk here. I hope you are healthy and well. Uh, it is a Sunday morning where I am, um, or morning for me right now. I slept pretty late last night. I was up watching thriller movies, but you know, not really watching them. Like it was on in the background, um, which I realize can't be a pleasant sound sometimes, you know, a lot of wet sounds in the movie It. And uh, I didn't really end up watching much of it, but hey, it helped me get a lot of work done, so I'll take it. Um, but I wanted to share something that I got to do, which I actually had a lot of fun doing. I've been doing a lot of guest podcasts where I've gotten to go on and talk about a lot of different things. You get to see what other people are actually interested in or curious about. And Blake is a person who is a coach out of Lakeland, Florida. He's somebody who I've watched grow um, and I really respect because, you know, he's got a family and kids and he really hustled to make a roster of happy clients, not only on site, but I've watched him grow in the online world. And he did a lot of great, um, he did a great job of asking me questions that took me down memory lane of the past 10 years of my fitness coaching career. And what I really appreciated was the way he asked these questions allowed uh, me to tell stories and stuff in a way that I think could be useful for anybody who is looking to get into that world or looking to make that transition from on-site to off-site. Um, it's been a while since I felt useful in that way, um, being able to, uh, I don't know, contribute to the remote coaching space. I mean, I've been doing it in the marketing uh, and tech side of things, right? But getting to talk shop around fitness and programming and systems, that was uh, really fun again. So thank you, Blake, for um, having me on. And uh, I wanted to air this conversation on my feed. So anybody who is interested in this can um, give it a listen and uh, reach out. I would love to hear uh, your thoughts or comments on it. It happened to do pretty well for us on YouTube. And so that's part of why I decided to uh, air it here because I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, people did find this kind of interesting. And it was a, you know, relatively low quality video Zoom conversation people actually sat through. So um, I hope you enjoy it. And um, if you do, make sure to leave some love, not only on this podcast by leaving a review, but going to Blake's podcast and uh, subscribing, leaving a review there as well. He's doing some great things. Thank you for tuning in and hanging out today. I hope you enjoy the show. So for those of you guys who don't know, um, I I also get coached. I always joke with, with this was like a a minister said this to me like five years ago. He said, you know, he's like, who's a pastor who doesn't get pastored? And I said, who? And he, what is it? And he's like, oh, he's an asshole. And I just, <laughs> and I thought I, that stuck with me because that made me, it, the point of that, the principle was like, if you're going to keep growing and evolving, you need to find people that are a little further ahead than you mm -hmm. and, and who are willing to pour into you so that you can stay humble and grow and learn and evolve. And, uh, and that's who you've been for me. And it's been worth every penny, but Real quick, just for some of some of the listeners, just give us a quick background into kind of your journey in fitness, where you started, you know, I think you went to school for, for exercise science a little bit and just everything. And then just kind of what, what your philosophy and flow is kind of now today. 
Yeah, dude, for me, it really started, I mean, you know, I'm first generation Indian American. And so I had this pressure to obviously become something important, like a doctor, engineer, something that would give a high ROI to my parents. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, being a personal trainer was definitely not one of those things. (laughs) And so I had this struggle. It didn't start off like, oh, I want to be a personal trainer or anything like that. It was more so like I loved wrestling, um, both professional, like watching it, but also like I competed in wrestling and I was very bad at it. And when I discovered strength training and things of that nature, I was like, oh my gosh, like, I wish I had this when I was wrestling, I would have crushed it. And so I just kind of went through that personal transformation and was hooked on like learning everything I could about it. And it became kind of in my mind, like it was going to be a side hustle. So I got a job at uh, a gym. I was a front desk person. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to like get really good and get my trainer certification. And the day I turned 18, because you had to legally be 18 in PA, I had that job kind of set up already with the boss there. And it was like, so exciting, because I was like, oh my gosh, I'm living this dream of being this trainer I used to like see in the magazines and stuff. But in my mind, I couldn't make it a full-time thing because it was like, I was studying IT at the time in in Mm. college and it was going to be, you know, like, um, I was like, oh, when I'm successful in IT, then I will open up a gym and I'll get to do my fitness thing. It was never this thing I saw I could actually bring to fruition like a full-time gig out of it. Cause I just looked around me and it was so hard. Like some trainers were doing a lot better than others. And so being an observant person, I just watched. Um, And then I, I bounced around from niche to niche. So it was like, I taught boot camps for a long time. I taught spinning. Then I got into the CrossFit world. Then that's when everything kind of changed where it was like, Oh, I'm so obsessed with this style that like, for the next couple of years, that was kind of my zone, then kind of transitioned to Olympic weightlifting, and then kind of came back to full circle, like, okay, functional bodybuilding or doing some type of balanced version of it all, um, both in my personal fitness and also coaching others. I had a big back injury when I was doing CrossFit that like really, really? was a, yeah, dude, that, that changed a lot for me, but yeah, without going on too much, that was kind of my background. It was like this personal feeling of wanting to make a full-time gig out of it to prove to my parents, to myself, like, hey, this is possible. You just have to be good. You have to get great, like that whole thing. Um, and then also just like that dream of like, wow, I get to wear shorts all day. I get to work out for a living. Yeah. You know, I love that. Listen to cool music. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel um, like a DJ too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's right. That's what we do. We DJ and lift weights. Um mm-hmm. No, that is, wow. I actually learned a lot about you in that. I did not know those things. So your journey, you started in in Pennsylvania, grew up in Pennsylvania most of your life, kind of right out Philly. Is that right? Suburbs. Yeah. So not like right in Philly, but like, you know, 45 minutes out. Um, Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that was really, you didn't realize how small of a place it was until I left. Like to me, it was still, it was not full suburbs, like in the middle of nowhere type situation, but you know, there was massive opportunity outside of where I was. So things really changed when I like broke out of that. Like, let me get out of my radius and try to do something uh, and see. I just had this feeling. I'm like, I feel like if I got in San Diego or one of these places where, you know, there's a lot of fitness professionals and leaders and like, I feel like we would hit it off. I feel like we would like something could come out of it that would be interesting. And you know, I don't know. I just felt like in my area, 
I was like doing some of those seminars and stuff like that. I had gotten to a point where it was like, okay, I, I was the, I had my own, like a gym hired me and gave me my own space inside the gym to kind of run CrossFit without CrossFit being kind of the thing or whatever, yeah. uh, functional fitness, whatever you want to call it. And things like that. I really, I don't know. I really enjoyed it, but like, I, I don't know. There was just something I felt to like connecting with someone who was across the earth. Like we've gotten so used to technology, just connecting us and us being able to do this thing right now. When yeah. obviously this thing is meant to be like in person and it's a whole setup and whatnot, but like we figured out how to do it so quickly. And I'm still in awe of like how we can do that with training. It's a difficult thing to do. And it's not for everybody to do like an online version of it. But I knew that was deep down what I wanted. Um, it was just hard to get. It took a while <laughs> before I got there. Sure, sure. No, that's so before we jump into the who is it for and what is this remote coaching thing and how does it work? And is it like a Zoom where you just instruct me and or what is it? Just so you left Philly, went to California to Invictus. Was that your first? Did you reach out there? How did that tell us a little bit about that story? Was it like a job offer? Yeah. So basically, I was taking the certification program where I wanted it to like translate into helping me get online clients. And Invictus was a very successful gym. Like I had read their book, Invictus Mindset. I was also interested in mindset and talking about that in my own content. So it was just like, really, I admired what they did. And I had CJ, who's the CEO of that place um, on my show. And, you know, it was months before like we even like reconnected. It was hard to like get him on, first of all. Then it was kind of, I realized, okay, I'm ready to go outside of my area. I don't care if I have to work for free. Like I'm going to pick up and do what I got to do. I'll, I'll figure it out. I'll get a job there. Like all those parts, I was ready to like risk everything because I just felt like I was like on the breaking point. So yes, I moved to California. Um, I offered to like work for free, do an internship type of situation. He put me in contact with like his uh, directors or people who are like, you know, there were three people interviewing me and I kind of just, you know, I showed up in my insurance and all that stuff. And they were, it was very awkward. Like the sound wasn't working. So it was like <laughs> the first time you're meeting them, they're like, oh, I can't hear you. It happened for 10 minutes. They switched rooms and I couldn't hear them. So, and there's three people just staring at you. Um, thankfully it went well. And I kind of just moved my life out there. And my whole thing internally was like, I had two and a half months, exactly. August 15th, I was like, I need to make money by this point. I'm going to run out of money. I need uh, a job. I need like Invictus to hire me or I need somebody else. Like I just knew I was going to be in the land of opportunity at that point. Yeah. And this certification program that I was on the phone with or whatever, they offered me a job just from hearing that I was moving my life and working for free and going out to this company to do that. And they were just intrigued by like why and how I was doing it. So they were like, well, hey, when you're done this, like if you want to work as an online coach, by the way, if you want to work with us, like let us know. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. So that kind of motivated me. I was like, okay, people, because people didn't believe in me like where I was, you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. I was the guy People were like, what are you doing? Like I had a podcast and um, I said, Mike set up and all this time that was going into the office and people are just like, what, come hang out with us. You know, what are you doing in there? And it was one of those cool things where when I got connected with Invictus, mentally it just felt like, oh, this is something about this is going to change things for me. Um, yeah. 
because it was like, just so such a dream that it was could, so out of like, my you, life. You could do, you could do it. You you kind of like if they could see it and they wanted you, it was like validation. Like oh, all that stuff I was always doing in Philadelphia. I can do here and these people are going to validate the same things I was doing. Is that a little bit of what you were feeling? A hundred percent, bro. And there's yeah. another thing that was like weird that like, I always felt because like I did study kinesiology, but I ended up dropping out to pursue kind of like gigs and whatnot full time. Cause I was making money and I was like, it just wasn't adding up to how I saw like, Oh, I'm going to pay another $30,000 to kind of keep doing what I'm doing. It was cool because I landed all these gigs without ever having to be like, oh, I, I'm in college for this. Or, you know, it's like truly like my blog, my podcast. I actually mm -hmm. use those things to get me the gig. And those are those are like off-market opportunities to me where it's like they're not on LinkedIn or ZipRecruiter or whatever. Like, like that happens, right? Invictus does interview or other companies do interview, but like to work with people that is a dream, you kind of just want to like be doing your own thing, be genuine in it to where it's like, it can serve as a portfolio. And it did, it convinced like they needed blog posts in my resume or whatever, even be considered for the internship. And thankfully I had been published in like, five different places and like had my own couple blogs and um you know what I mean it's just like one thing I was prepared for the opportunity um and even though I like I didn't end up working at Invictus it was the thing that got me to the next place like Marcus in San Francisco um that was the gig that ultimately I ended up going with but I don't know. To me, it's one of those like butterfly effect things. If this never happened, I don't know if this would, and I don't know if that sure. would. It just played a big piece in it. And yeah, so, so full circle, I work with them now. Like they did hire me this time in a very different format where I'm getting to help produce their podcast. So it was kind of a full circle thing, like six years later, seven years later, where you're like, oh my gosh, like I can't believe that relationship and all that stuff just kind of paid off to where it was yeah. like, I filled the gap when they needed it. And, uh, yeah. Isn't so that cool? thanks for asking Isn't about that. No, no, that's so, that's so encouraging. Like, I think just as a good, uh, a good word for everyone who's listening, like your hard work, even if it doesn't pay off immediately can come back around much later in different ways. And people who had great experiences and ended well with you, right. It could come back full circle and, and make you a lot of money or be a great opportunity or whatever. So that's, that's such a, cool story. I wanted to take some time on it because I knew it was a great story and it and just kind of draws people into who you are. But let's talk a little bit about like, so, so you went from the in-house kind of evolution of doing it in Philadelphia, going and studying kind of in-house at Invictus to then kind of joining up with Marcus and doing like kind of online coaching. And now you still do a little bit of that, obviously with me. Um, and now, and now you're helping people with the content issue of uh, Padma Hall, building out websites, uh, learning how to do content and podcasts. And, um, and you, I mean, Miz has got a down pack. Like he basically teaches you from someone who knows barely how to turn on a laptop like myself to how to actually build a whole thing and get the content. I mean, you're, you're really, really good at it and you can work with anybody. Explain a little bit to the listeners just about what, what it, was like to transition from in-person to remote. You had mentioned mm -hmm. how it's a little difficult and then kind of the niche of clients that you typically found yourself working with and how that was rewarding for you and, and what that experience would be like both for you and probably for someone, cause you've done remote coaching with, with other coaches who've coached you. Right. So yep. what that experience is like a little bit. So 
in person, I think was essential in my career. I mean, there was no way around it. It built it built like a lot of reputability. I think when you did go into the online space, if you understood how people moved, because you're seeing people through video. And I just had a very good understanding of movement from the years that I had done it at gyms and spinning classes and all those different scenarios. And even when like I was at, you know, doing remote stuff in San Francisco with Marcus, um, for a long period of that time, I did on-site as well. So I was doing like involved with people on-site and remote. So when I decided to switch completely was when kind of like I had other, you know, creative pursuits, business pursuits that I kind of wanted to go for. Um, and Marcus was always someone who was very supportive of that. Like he was like, that's what made me get the gig in the first place. Like, oh, I can do all these other things. Like as long as these things are kind of done, um, I have flexibility to do that and pursue them. And so for me, it was really like, it's a different type of client, you know, the in-person client was Mm -hmm. a totally different avatar and I loved them. I loved hanging out with them, but like, it was hard to give those clients up. But when I went fully online, like it, it did save me, you know, time and help me do some of those things personally that I wanted to, but it was hard because like, you, you had to figure out different ways to teach your clients without you being there, which is tough, right? So Mm -hmm. this is where like video and podcasts and any form of communicating with them, um, can help because like, you know, but tempo training, that's an example, like, okay, we'll use a lot of tempo training. I'd get asked all the time what it is. I have to be prepared for that, especially if I'm managing 70 people and Writing yeah, yeah, very creative. Yeah. Um, sorry, the second part of your question, I totally didn't answer that, but um, it was basically like, what were the niches that I got to work with uh, when yeah, yeah, I was yeah, doing yeah. remote stuff? And this is where I think it was very valuable for me because like I, I got handed a lot of different people at first, of course, just to kind of build up my book. But then I did get the luxury of being like, hey, who do you want now? Who do you want your next 30 people to be? And mm-hmm. most people never get that luxury because you're just trying, I want anybody. Anybody will say yes, right? But right. getting to see the difference between kind of niching down versus not, like I got to work with very high level athletes and some in the MLB, some in Soleil, um, things of that nature and that like stunt actors and whatever and then i also got to work with the everyday person who is like a professor 60 years old grandfather just wants to actually like look good move well type situation um then people who are just like a lot of them were also like injured because i had this special connection to people who had injuries like back injuries or anything that was limiting because like not the fixing of that injury, but the bridging back. So afterwards, you're like, what do I do? You know, and everything, you're not as motivated. You need to find a home. And so I could really speak well to that crowd because I had been through that for such a long time. And I just had this invested interest in trying to like say, like help those people avoid that pain. And so over time, and then I also got to work with gyms. So I also, got into this place where gyms, I would write their program, right? And a couple of big ones like New York City and Dubai or Saudi or something and places like that where- Well, like Saudi Arabia? Yeah, yeah. So like I had- Really? Yeah, actually, wait, the- Actually, yeah, there was. There was like a women's only gym in Saudi. Um, I hope I'm not mistaking that, but it was a women's only gym and it was very complicated to program 
for third, you know, 50 people who are like very, the culture is different. What they value is different and totally. you have to keep that into account. What motivates them? Like they don't care about all these sexy movements I'm doing. It's like, will this make me get too big? Will this make my midsection look better? Like right. all these like simple. The, the questions um, are much different maybe in that context. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, so did you get those, kind of- did you get those gigs through like just revival? Like they just peep these like, Hey, Marcus, can you do this? And then he, Marcus just handed it off to you. hundred percent. Yeah. I became kind of the person who was like, well, Marcus wasn't taking on a lot of one-on-one people at the time or anything like that. And so there were a lot of different coaches on our staff that you could go to, but it was still only five of us or something. I mean, maybe it's way more now, but at the time it was like only five. And I thankfully was like doing the podcast with him and helped kind Mm -hmm. of co-create it and publish it, edit it, all that stuff. So I became kind of the person who was like, people were just a little more familiar with my thing. Like, oh, Mizba from this podcast and I've heard you on there. And so um, it was kind of sometimes an easy sell. Like, hey, Mizba's my right-hand man. (laughs) You know, he's uh, great at functional bodybuilding. And um, I, I did take my job seriously. Like I delivered to all those clients as best as I could. Um, and so, yeah, it, they were, it was kind of like he tried, you know, the, the marketing that he did attracted a lot of people you know, into the world. And then it was kind of like, well, who's going to fulfill on this? And us coaches were kind of there to, to do that. And because I was kind of interested in it, like I showed interest in wanting to work with gyms and wanting to, you know, just do flex some of those skills a little bit. Um, you know, thankfully we had kind of the traffic where he was able to hand that off to me. Um, but cool. yeah, that, that, that was another cool thing that I probably wouldn't have gotten the opportunity to do if I wasn't kind of under that network. So for me, this is the other thing, like we can bookmark this for later, but like often we think like people who create content online and all this stuff, like we're, everybody's doing it to like be a millionaire or have millions of views and be somebody. It's like, I think the next generation and future generations is like, we're all going to be making content, but it's like, it's going to help us get jobs. It's going to help us get gigs. Like it doesn't yeah. have to be your own business. It could be like, what truly is the dream law firm or real estate broker, or whoever you want to work for. And there's a way to like, use your content to connect with them. I mean, that is purely what did it for me. Um, yeah. Cause there were thousands of coaches who knew way more, you know, uh, way more qualified to do it. But um, thankfully, yeah, it, it worked out in that way where Marcus trusted me as a coach and the marketing that I was doing kind of on my own and on the podcast, like helped to um, facilitate that a little. Bit. So when you, when you think about like coaching that kind of client, what were like lots of uh, people who came to you who had no idea what remote coaching was like, and, you know, they're signing up, they, they see Marcus's content, Marcus points them to you, then you're coaching, you coach them. What were some of the things that you had to kind of set up expectations and things that maybe they were expecting that it wasn't. And then things that they weren't expecting that it was, that was both good and, and maybe not what they wanted. Um, both like from a positive and a negative perspective. So someone who's listening can say, what is this remote coaching? What is it like? And how do I do it? 
Um, so there are two types that I often saw, like two types of remote coaching. And I'll like one is the type of instruction that popped up during COVID, right? Which is, oh, hop into my class, we'll live stream, you get to train with me, I'll train you. Like literally physically, I will watch you while you do it. That is training, right? Um, we did coaching, which was more a form of like, I'll write your pro, like kind of an athlete. I would write a program for them, design stuff out for the year their nutrition program, their sleep, treat them, even if they weren't an athlete, like treat them with the respect of how you design and think about and care for that type of person. And so I think it was communicating that upfront, like getting a lot of like, okay, well, what is the root problem of what we're trying to solve? You have to do that in the online space because you've got limited time, like attention span is lower, motivation is lower, like it's harder to get people to stick. So um, really understanding like what what the mover was for people and what was the hard part. So I would have a great questionnaire, uh, which gave us talking points for the actual, like it saved us both time because they got to ponder on like who cooks the food in your house, you know, how many times, you know, who does the grocery shopping? Um, what foods do you like? What do you hate? Like, instead of taking up 10 minutes on our valuable 45 minute hour consultation, like, let's just write that down and use that to figure out, maybe I can give you a recipe I thought of in the meantime, you know, on our call. So creating kind of things that help communication um, for both of us, uh, whether that was like, there were certain guidelines I would have for responding back to people and things like that. Um, or like, hey, if you answer in the messages or comments, that's where like, I'll reply back. If you want me to just see something, but mm. I don't need to respond, the comments under each workout, for example, that was where you would put stuff, right? right. And then we'd have consultations. So in the online space, I found it was very important to have like a one, you know, face-to-face -face type of situation where you get to talk with somebody um, and do, some people didn't need it as much. Some people were good every four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks. Um, I, I have tons of clients like that. Like I have some clients that are just like, Hey, just write my programs and write and respond to me and do a phone call like once every two months. You know, and then I got other people who were like, Hey, no, let's meet in person. You know, they're local or that's let's do a video chat once a month, like every month. So 100%. It, 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 there is, it is different for everybody. But really regardless, whether it's a call or it's like through comments, like the point is having some form of uh, like a deadline or check-in so you know where you're having progress. Like, are you losing body fat? And that's the thing you came to me for and you wanted to do. Like, let's let's measure that, right? Or if that's not the thing, are you, are you actually having more energy? I would figure out parameters for even their emotional problems, meaning like, oh, I feel terrible. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. It's like, okay, well, let's, let's record your willingness to train, right? Which is like, how badly do you, how much do you feel like working out scale of one to 10? That I learned uh, is sometimes an indicator of like, if you are normally excited, obviously like, and you're not six weeks later, well, what, what happened? Is it a life circumstance? Is it, you're not excited about the workouts anymore? Like it gave us actual topics to talk about that wasn't just like, like I expected problems. I would say that don't, don't expect like everything just goes smoothly. Like your coach is ready for problems if they're working yeah. in the online and they're, you know, so that's my whole job is I'm a problem manager and I would kind of help solve like, Oh, I don't have four days to work out anymore. I only have three. Okay. Well, let's figure it out, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. And that's where the, the apps and the group classes and stuff sometimes can't fulfill that need for you 
Um, and the people that I worked with, thankfully, like they valued over some of that stuff. They valued like, okay, I know I can always hop back into the classes. I still might like, instead of being a coach that was like, Hey, you can't ever hop into any other person's program except mine. I was like, <laughs> dude, how many times do you want to do classes? How many times will it take to scratch that itch? And for some people it was once a week, you know, and it's like, all right, mm -hmm. well, let me program around that. No big deal. And if you don't do it, you don't do it. So you have to really like meet people where they're at one-on-one. -on -one. Um, yeah, and I, I've, I've agreed and picked up that philosophy from you over the years. Um, and like, I started out kind of very like, um, I won't say any names, but like, I started out very rigorous. I'll say that that was just me or other yeah. coaches. Answered, and it's like, you do what I say, do it, you know, and if you're jumping out, I got really frustrated. It kind of hurt my ego a little bit or whatever. Um, or like, just, I, they're stupid. Why are they doing that? And then I just started realizing like, they still want, this just fun for them. Like this is their community. This is like their extra bike ride. They, they wanted to get on the weekend or whatever, or, you know, just go hard. And I, I might give them like some, some pointers, like, Hey, if you're going to do that and we just did similar movements like a day or two before, like just go lighter, try not to be stupid with it, you know, like those kind of things, but have fun. I've given, I love that about you. I love that you understand that people are more complicated than just like rigorously following all the habitual rules and habits that we, we set out for them. Um, but they, they have some needs to kind of maybe relate and commute and sweat with others and kind of be a part of the tribe or whatever. Um, yeah. Cause they're dude, I've gotten to see enough of that where you're like, it's a mm -hmm. really successful top level people where it's like, they, on paper should be able to follow this. They've been professional athletes or whatever, but it's like, they need a little bit of that. Like they have that rebelliousness in them. Yeah. Where it's like, I need to do something else. And it takes one to know one. Like I am kind of that way too. And I, I needed that space with my coach and whatnot. So I can respect it, I guess. Um, versus there's a market for that where it's like people who just do exactly what you tell them and there's no issues. I had some of them too. And it was great because um, they trust what I'm, what I'm saying, but I also understand not everybody's that way. So that's the whole game we're playing with personalized coaching or customized stuff. It's like, it's not just one way let's make this. So it's like, what's your level 10? Like if you hired a $10,000 per month trainer to come like work with you and talk with you and wake you up or whatever it is, like it's a version of that. Not everybody can afford like Kevin Hart can having somebody wake him up at 6 a.m. and train with him like right out of bed. But like, hey, you can check in you can have a 30 minute conversation with him. You can make him feel like, dude, you, you, you're in good hands. Somebody's in your corner. You're not really alone in this. Um, and most times like taxes, you don't want sometimes want to do your taxes yourself. You want to kind of find somebody who can be like, all right, am I doing something wrong? Am I not? Like, right. Some people are like, hey, don't fill me on any of it. Just do it. And some people are like, hey, what do I do? How to explain what you did to me. And depending on if you're that type of client, like I think remote coaching is awesome because you can get educated and that stuff sticks with you. Like you'll right. learn stuff that even after you stop working with people, I would say this to them on our onboarding call. Like my goal is when we stop working together one day, like you have an arsenal of tools that yes. you, yep. still, you still use and you can, and not maybe all the time, but when you need it, you know where to go. And um, mm -hmm. so it's really like you're you're not just paying the coach for that one-time transformation. It's like a part of it is always going to stick with you. Um, even if you never hire a coach again, if you've done it for a year, two years, or a couple years, you know? Totally. You're so right. It's 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 an I call it an investment. Like it's an investment that you you pay for this month and you get a lot out of it, but like the, you're learning things that you can hopefully take with you for the rest of your life, right? So like mm -hmm 
you know, is there somebody who's too much of a novice or beginner that this is just probably too difficult for them? Um, that'd be the last question. But before you answer that, just talk a little bit of what your protocols were for how you talked about nutrition, just not everything, because I know it was a lot, but just some of the kind of big bullet points on lifestyle, nutrition, sleep, those kinds of things that you would coach somebody on. Yeah. I mean, here's something I would do is like, I would ask their openness to how much they wanted to work on that. Right. So I'd be like, how about nutrition? Is that something you're looking for support with? Some people would go, you know, I do this thingy. It's a macro program, 10, you know, it's an app every month. And I, blah, 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 blah. and it's like, great, cool. Keep doing it. If that works for you. If people were like, yeah, you know what I am, uh, I need to get my eating together. Like help me out with that. So then I go, okay, well, I would have a, again, a questionnaire type situation or a food log type situation where they would record whether it was pictures that they took of their food or written version or in fitness pal, what are you actually eating right now? What does your food and what are your struggles kind of look like? Um, and for each person, even though it's like, there are certain things we should all do, like drink a certain amount of water, right? It's easier said than done. We all kind of might know that, but you would be surprised at the amount of people. Like I had this one lawyer who he, his commute was two hours each way. So he spent four hours a day in the car and his struggle with drinking water was like, I can't, there's no rest areas for me to stop and urinate if I have to. So I need to hold it in or I need to like not drink water in that time. Well, Hey, you know what? Now it becomes really important. Like even in meetings, you're in meetings all day. Well, that is a simple problem that for that person is like a key, key mover maybe, but for another person who's working at home all day, like that's not an issue we have to maybe think about as much. Right. Mm -hmm. So to identify where, like, I would always figure out what are the quick wins. So what's the low hanging fruit that like, without much effort on their end, yes. we can truly, truly like, they will see a difference. It's just that they were turned off by it. It didn't work for them in the past. They didn't have the right buy-in, right strategy, whatever it was. Like we identify whatever those things are and only complicate things when you need to. So only manipulate and like get really, you know, strict as it comes up. So that was a strategy I used. Like if people needed that, then we would assess in some format and then we would start more with habitual changes, right? Then like, Hey, hit your, all your macros. There were some people who operated really well on just give me my macros. But for most of my clients, it was like, I need to break that protein goal down even further. It was like, Hey, mm -hmm. have one meal with protein, two palmfuls of protein, 30 grams every day. And that's your starting point. Yeah. Like, like people are just embarrassed to admit that, you know what I mean? And that's okay. Like nobody wants to say that they can't eat that and they are trying to, and like, you know, they're going for chips instead. Like nobody wants to say that, but like, as a coach, you have to really kind of like, listen, create a space where they feel okay telling you those types of things. Right. And then make it super like, like I never was judgmental around it, which I think helped people actually reveal that like, Hey, I'm off the boat, you know? Um, yeah. so I think I've actually been coach, drinking a ton of beer this week. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, yeah, there were plenty of people who had drinking issues or whatever it was where they're like, Hey, look, I drink a lot and I know that's going to be maybe a thing, mm -hmm. but like we didn't touch that. I focus on the movement. I focus on what my area of expertise was. And you know what, for some people, the drinking and whatnot, that faded away. Like they're, you know, they started working out, they started 
eaten a little bit better. Like it was a trickle down effect. Sure. Um, it wasn't the only thing, but like I would focus on where I could. Nutrition wasn't my like area of expertise. I just could listen and turn, break problems down into like habits or things people could chase or that they felt like, oh, I could do that. And so I did that with food uh, yeah. and sleep wherever I could. I'm, I'm learning like in a nutshell what you just said and, and just kind of reflecting on my own coaching over the last three years, like the best coaches ask great questions right? Because like, mm -hmm. they get, they're gathering great data so that they can have better solutions. And so yeah. like what you just described is exactly that. It's like this matching you great. I'm going to ask really great questions. I'm going to create a non-judgmental environment. So you'll answer them very you know, honestly. And then we're going to create low hanging fruit, great habitual or, you know, habit solutions uh, that that'll help in that area. That's so helpful. So did you find that was pretty successful with most people? Just, just doing habit training? No, I mean, with some people it was, and with others, it wasn't. Some people were like, they were very numbers driven and they needed like, mm -hmm. just the, they needed the macro approach and things like that. So I was also prepared for that. I had guides and stuff that I would print out, which was like, hey, this is what you eat every day. This is how you do it. And um, some of them could actually follow that. Like I didn't have to check in on it too much, right? But it's 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 helping them kind of like, for example, if they really love numbers, maybe there's a way to still do the habit approach, but we add grams to the protein instead of handfuls, right? The people mm -hmm. who love objectivity, give them that, like give them things that make it look that way. But it's like, hey, if you can check this off for four days in a row, we'll move on to the next thing. And that's the game. Can you do that? Can you not? And some people can't do that. And they want way more before they can even do that. And sometimes it's great. We don't know that we're even in that position. And it takes you trying it to see that like, oh, wow, what happened? Why actually could you don't even need to talk with me as your coach about it. You will have that realization when you miss it on day three and you go, geez, what happened today? Like, how did that happen? And that's the questioning that like we encourage that then helps go, you know what? Maybe that was a little too much. Let me, let's, let's adjust your prescription until you can do four days in a row. And then we add layers to it. So I would make it very bite-sized. Two weeks was something um, like, can a change stick with you? If you can see for two weeks, it was also long enough to see body changes sometimes like, like hey, this is what we're doing working. Um, but for people who are shorter attention span, three days to six days uh, for a habit or like a specific task and then change it up or move on to something else. That's awesome. Man, I could ask you a million more questions. Uh, this has been really fun. Like in closing, what would you say has been um, like your your experience being remote coached over the years and like how it was beneficial to you and why something that's customized and still remotely customized can be really helpful and you know and then just kind of sell it for what you kind of have believed in it we, we know it's not for everybody but um sure. why would you well, sell why would you sell something like that here's what i'll say it's uh if we zoom out from even just remote like physical fitness coaching because like mm -hmm. the fitness part of the coaching that i got was only just one small sliver of it with some people and with others it was the talk time that i valued or it was kind of just there in their aura being in their network right so I'll, I'll expand this to any form of coaching that i've gotten and paid for uh remotely 
And I will say that it gives you selection. So instead of you walking into a very terrible chiropractor who will, you'll go six months paying them thousands of dollars and you see nothing, you can now connect with somebody who is across the country, who has your best interest, who has exactly the alignment. Like Blake, you have kids, you have a family. Like there are people who were on my roster who would have connected way better with you than they did with me. Like they would have listened to you because you have, you, you come from that place. You have those set of challenges, those set of like, you know, things you can connect with them on. Right. Right. And so it's, it was really being able to, I think, um, you know, if people want to connect with someone who they really enjoy and they have buy-in with already, a great thing about remote coaching is location is not an issue. Something right. that you do want to keep in mind is you should be able to take a look at like the, like you should be coachable, which means you may not know how to open up this app or whatever. I've taught many people though, how to do that and they can learn it pretty easily, right? So can you watch a video and kind of mimic what, what is going on in the video? And I think if you are somebody whose movement is like, you're not at that place yet, where like, oh, sit down on the couch, get up, sit down on the couch, get up. That's the exercise here. Like you might, you need some more hands-on coaching and that right. might be one-on-one -on -one sessions with your remote coach where they're actually like, hey, back up on the screen so I can see you and they're coaching you verbally through, Hey, do this, do that. And a little bit of onboarding, if you will, to like mm -hmm, have mm -hmm. the skills necessary to do it. Um, that's what I'll say. It, it gives you a very access to like very high, high quality training, um, from people who actually understand you, which was the toughest part. Anybody who's had an injury and needs to find a physical therapist or chiropractor knows that struggle of people who are just not hearing you. Like, it's like, oh, don't move at all for the next six months. Like you're screwed. You never lift again. You want someone who will tell you, hey, man, I understand where you're coming from. I used to also do CrossFit or whatever you do. I know you want to move. This is what I recommend you don't do but I know you will not listen to me all the way. And if you do, here's kind of what it is, you know, what to follow. And I would appreciate yeah. that type of person so much where like, that's the difference I think between me succeeding with a program and not is like, I get to learn and absorb from these people who feel like I put on a pedestal. Right. Mm -hmm. But like, there is some change that happens, right? Like, oh, they're everyday people. Like I get to learn about them as humans from just being coached by them. Like they have their own struggles and um, I don't know, it, there was a accountability to it. There was a motivation sure. to it that it's hard to find. And I, I, I also think like the, the fact that someone's in your corner keeps you accountable and also makes you feel like you can do it, especially if it's a big goal, like you're competing for something uh, or you're, you have like a weight loss goal. Um, and then I think the valuable knowledge that you get when those 30 minute consults or text messages that someone that your coach responds with is worth way more than like being able to just take the ebook program offline, you know, or the subscription program that's just built for general population. There's no one there that's going to be like, okay, you know, your stress levels are at this, you just switched jobs, you also moved across the country. And now you're like getting into this, uh, you know, this heavy cycle of five, three, one, you know, and you're like, hey, it's probably not the best cycle for you because your stress levels are here. The workout stresses are going to be here. We need to get your stress level back down here. And so that takes like a knowledgeable coach to sit there and think and plan that out with you and kind of 
fuck up against you, even though you think it's a good idea in the moment, but have someone kind of see the big picture with you and point out some things that they're anticipating, as you said, anticipating the problems that are coming and try to help avoid those. That's like the number one thing I think remote coaching offers, subscriptions can't offer, eBooks can't offer, is is someone who's going to be a guide through the whole process. And that's where that's really where the 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 price changes is someone guides you in lifestyle, someone guides you in nutrition, someone's guiding you in 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 your actual program selection and uh, and mapping it mapping it out with you. Yeah. Well, dude, it's the same way like we can cut our hair ourselves. We can give our own cars an oil change. Uh, we can file our own taxes. And maybe if you're crazy enough, you could defend yourself in court, right? But it also <laughs> yeah. does benefit you to actually hire somebody who does that. And what does it do? It gives you peace of mind. When you have a good mechanic or a good barber, you're not like, oh no, I'm like, I need to kind of watch over their shoulder the whole time. You're like, this helps me create some space. Like, I don't need to think about this anymore because this person's job is to just think about it all day and they're collecting the data for me. That was another thing. Like, as a coach, you have access to immense amounts of data, behavioral, mm-hmm. psychographics, demographics, stuff that works, doesn't work, that people are paying for, right? So it's mm-hmm. like, you're, you're not, you're paying just as much for what works as what didn't work. And for me to like steer you away from some of that. Um, and so, yeah, it's definitely, it's worth trying, especially how accessible it is now. Back when I was doing it, like it was still kind of a newish thing. Like you had to explain to people what it was. Now, since like the whole revolution of working at home and people just working out at home and doing all that type of stuff, like there are ways for you to try this out in some format, I think, to see if it's for you. Um, totally. But yeah, it, it's totally like, imagine having a doctor who was like in your corner doing blood tests, like literally giving you all this data you didn't need. Like, I mean, amazing stuff to help you operate at your 110% best. To me, it's like hard to do that, right? With great health insurance and the, the logistics of the medical industry. But a coach is the next best thing in the healthcare world to me where like they have the time, they have the love for it, they have the energy for it, where they will nerd out on those things with you. And they will connect. Like I've connected plenty with other people's doctors or orthopedic surgeons or therapists. And, you know, they didn't have time for my client beyond that 30 minutes, but I did. And so there were ways where like, even after that appointment, I was kind of the safe haven for some of these people. And the way my coach was for me, like, I don't know, is this right? What do you think I should do? And um, we have kind of the love for it where we are well-versed enough to be like, Hey, this is out of my league, but I know a great doctor. I know a great surgeon in your area. And that makes all the difference. Like being able to be connected with someone who's just totally. got your back real yeah. estate agents, same way. They know other handymen and people who like, once you're there, they've got all the problems solved, who you might need and all that stuff uh, potentially mm-hmm. is, is already. I love that. And that's a great lead way and kind of concluding today, um, just because the next several episodes we're going to be doing on, on this podcast are going to be kind of steering people towards certain other experts, right, in health. So experts in medicine, mental health right? Chiropractor, physical therapy, things like that, that are outside my scope of practice, but there are people that I would refer to locally. And then you can glean from those of my clients that are remote out of state or out of area to ask really good questions when you go to seek out someone else um, or, or, you know, there's something that I can help you 
seek out and find uh, as your coach. So, cause I do have the time for that, but, yeah. um, but this has been so awesome. I appreciate you coming on and, and giving your time. I know you're busy and, um, man, yeah, I, I actually learned a lot about you today that I didn't know, which was, which was really cool. So thanks for, thanks for coming by, man. Dude, thanks for asking a good question. It's always fun when I'm on this side of the mic and, uh, I, you know, fitness was such a big part of my life and still is that I love recounting on like some of these stories and what I've learned and what's different, what's changing. I don't have it all figured out by any means, but I hope some of what people heard today was useful and they can take something from it. Uh, so thanks for, thanks for doing this with me, man. It was a pleasure. For sure. So if anybody's listening and you guys are interested in kind of checking this out, you can head on over to blakeshite.com, B-L-A-K-E. And then my funny, awesome last name is S-C-H-E-I-D-T.com. And then on there, there's a quick uh, form you can fill out that just gives us a couple of good questions to answer that gets a good conversation started. And I will reach out to you. It's all free just to kind of meet and greet and see if this is a good fit for you. So head on over and check that out if you're interested. Thanks.